And now, from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting across the multiverse, from the heights of Hlidskjalf to the depths of Niflheim, from the MCU to the DCU, from the slopes of Mount Olympus and beyond, you are tuned to the immortal sounds of Radio Free Asgard. And hello, everybody. Welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 340. We're the only Thor podcast hosted by a true descendant of Odin, that's me, and a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. My name is Tom Harris. Welcome along to the show. And winter as we begin to warm up. Yeah, um, I, think th- I think the worst of winter is behind us, and I've started to see signs of spring. Most interestingly... We have these trees here. I don't know what they're called, but they get these big fuzzy buds on them. It's one of the first things to bloom in the spring. Those big fuzzy buds are coming, folks. I'm seeing it starting to swell up. I've also noticed a lot more activity as far as, you know, the birds and the squirrels and and other kind of neighborhood critters starting to stir a little bit. So I think spring is definitely on the way and is probably closer it is than further. Uh, We may still get some cold days. It's actually been a bit chilly this weekend uh, as I record this. Uh, This is the weekend before um, before the show is set to release. And uh, it, it has been quite chilly over the last couple of days. So, you know, if any minute now we're going to start seeing crocuses and, and the like, um, I'm assuming that by you know, the end of this month, spring will have sprung here in Chicago because it certainly looks like it's heading that way now. I um, don't have a lot to talk about at the top of the show. Captain Marvel's out next week. Looking forward to that. I think that uh, Pete and I are probably going to go see it while we can. I, I have a feeling that this one is going to disappear more quickly from the theaters than other Marvel movies have. But uh, I'm hoping to see it in 3D if we can, because just from what I've seen in the previews, um, it looks like uh, it could be kind of cool to see in 3D. So anyway, I'm hoping the best for the movie. I'm hoping that it's really good. I'm hoping that uh, it's a big success uh, for Marvel. They need that. Something to look forward to, and definitely looking forward to uh, Endgame as well. All right, so uh, I have an issue of Thor to cover, so let's go ahead and move along to our review. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar. You behold in breathless wonder the god of thunder, mighty Thor. And this week we are looking at uh, Thor Volume 2, issue number 39. Got a couple issues left here of this uh, current storyline here before we move along to something else. Uh, This uh, issue, cover art, is by Barry Windsor Smith. And it shows a very... um, I don't. I don't know how I describe this. It's a. It's a beautiful cover. I will say. You know. Of course. And it's done in Barry Windsor Smith's typical style. So Thor is not like this big burly, you know, buff sort of Simonson-looking character. He's more kind of a fat, even a bit feminine kind of uh, pretty boy Thor, as opposed to big burly guy Thor. But anyway, it, 
I mean, it is a beautiful cover. I must give it its due as a beautiful piece of artwork. Um, shows Thor flying towards the reader. Um, it's got um, Mjolnir, and he's being dragged along. Uh, and he's got an uh, image of space behind him, a uh, cape kind of, of kind of blowing up in a dramatic fashion uh, to uh, kind of be the backdrop of, of the logo. A nice little cover here. Uh, cover price was $2.00. And 25 cents. Cover date is September 2001, a month that shall live in infamy. Uh, we open up to the splash page where we have the credits. Dan Jurgens was the writer, Stuart Immonen was the penciler, Wade Van Graubadger was the inker, RS and Comicraft Cider was the letterer. Avalon Studios' Dave Kemp did the colors. Mark Sumerak was the assistant editor. Tom Brevort was the editor. Joe Casada was the editor-in-chief. And Bill Hamas is the president. Splash page shows uh, Jake Olson. He's sitting on a, uh, a hospital table, and he's got a cast on his arm, and Jane Foster is standing next to him. There's this sort of ghostly image of Thor behind him, so I guess you know, new readers know who this is sitting on the table. Jane is saying, Congratulations, Jake. The burns you suffered are gone. There are no eternal injuries, and you're in exemplary shape. For a mere mortal, that is. And uh, she's pulling off her uh, medical gloves. Nice attention to detail here in the art. We'll, we'll, we'll talk more about the art at the end, as we always do. And uh, Jake is sitting there, and he's kind of feeling his, his jaw, as you remember. Um, Thor's jaw got uh, smashed last issue. Of course your jaw hurts. It's fractured. Unfortunately, we don't have a complete understanding of the relationship between your mortal self and your immortal counterpart. Because of that, your healing process may be different. When you become Thor, what happens to Jake Olson's body? Is it set aside in some other dimension, or does it actually morph into Thor? I oh oh. It seems as if you suffer a wound as Jake, becoming Thor will heal it. But if Thor suffers a wound, Jake retains the injury. Oh, 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 oh. First your arm, then your jaw. And uh, she's doing like an examination. And uh, he, she is putting some kind of a sling thing on uh, Jake's arm. And he looks like it's in pain. And then she says, um, Can you summon Thor so I can examine the proper patient? You're the us, says Jake. And he... Uh, takes his fist and he smashes it on the ground uh, as always and he changes into Thor and when that happens uh, it, it rips apart the cast that is, is on his arm and also uh, whatever yeah whatever else she's doing is it looks like it's been undone and uh, Thor is standing there and he says early I always ache my arm is ill and uh, so um, yeah so he's standing there and um Cast is completely shattered. Easy, big fella. Looks like we're back to square one. I knew the destroyer was tough, even lethal, but I never realized he could do all this to you. But the question of treatment remains. How does one treat a god? And we shift to the crowd that's uh, hanging out around outside the examination room. Uh, looks like we have Hannah Fairmount, and we have um, her daughter. Uh, we have Jake's mom. We have... Dr. Kincaid, who 
just kind of magically went from being a patient to wearing his doctor coat and is hanging out with the other doctors. And then we have uh, Mr. Ryan, who is, of course, is Jake's boss. And we have Christine, who we know is the evil enchantress. How much longer is this going to take? My Jakey has been through so much lately, says Jake's mom. Tell me about it. The man never shows up for work, says Mr. Ryan. Cut Jake some slack, Mr. Ryan. He's a hero. Yeah, but those burns he suffered were awful, says Amanda. Enough, Amanda. Let's think positive thoughts, says Hannah. Sweet Amanda, if not for you, Jake would have died fighting that monster. And, and I have to mention here, Amanda, she looks older every time we see her. I mean, she kind of started out as like this young teenager. And here she looks at least like 25. I mean, she, she's a fully grown woman here. The gladiator? Yeah, he was a piece of work, all right. <laughs> you think Olsen is living a secret life on the side, Christine? Uh, says Mr. Ryan. And Christine looks alarmed by this. It's like, whoa, she's got this look on her face. Like, what does he know? And he's saying, she's saying, well, why do you say that? He calls in sick more than anyone I've ever seen. I think he's got himself another career going, like a golf pro or something. Mr. Ryan? Jake Olson suffered these injuries in the line of duty. How can you possibly question his dedication? He's by far the best EMT you have. Maybe even good enough to be a doctor. Since when did you turn into his big defender? Partners sticking up for one another is one thing. Challenging the boss is another. Right, right, right. Next thing I know, Olson will probably decide to tangle with that Galactus guy. And he goes uh, stalking off, and, uh, and Christine says, uh, Mortal Kerr, uh, which is kind of very unlike her, isn't it? And um, Kincaid is, is next to her at the water cooler and, and hears her say that and he kind of turns towards her and says, what did you say? Um, nothing. And he's kind of looking at her. Kincaid is looking at uh, Christine and kind of looking at her in kind of a very quizzical way. And he's like, excuse me, but you remind me of someone. Well, we have met before, Dr. Kincaid, says Christine. I know. But I'm speaking of someone else, someone I knew a long time ago. Christine is thinking to herself, by the bristling beard of Odin, it would seem as though, as though, and she says out loud uh, with a smile on her face, you're confusing me with someone else. I'm sure I'd remember a man like you. And Kincaid is kind of wondering what's going on in the examination room. And he says, Jane's taking a long time in there. I'll go in and help out. And a uh, voice uh, from beyond panel says, no! And uh, it turns out to be Tareen, and we get a half page of uh, Tareen standing there uh, in street clothes, uh, generally looking uh, very attractive. I mean, let the man have some privacy. How'd you like to have a stranger barge in while you're sitting there in the buff having your carburetor examined? Jake's mom is surprised to see uh, Tareen, and, and she's like, why, who is that? And Amanda's like, Jake's cousin, Tareen, of course. You must not have seen her for a while if you don't recognize her. <laughs> Kincaid is saying, but I'm a physician. Tareen is like, sure, open that door and you'll give us all a piece of my cousin's goods. You'll be on his list for life. And Jake's mom is like, cousin? And the man is like, you don't know her? <laughs> and Kincaid is like, that's ridiculous. I'm sure he'll appreciate my expertise. And Tarina's like, but... 
And uh, he opens the door. And you can see just kind of this uh, shot here of uh, Jane Foster treating Thor. And it's just uh, you know, the one panel. And uh, Kincaid's opening the door. And he says, any patient would be glad to be treated by more than one doctor to ensure quality treatment. Whoa, he says as he's going in. And we see that there's kind of a glow coming from uh, Tareen at this point. So uh, Kincaid opens the door and he sees Jake Olson. And Jake is sitting there and uh, and is being bandaged up by um, by Jane. Something wrong, Keith? Says Jane. Says, why, no, not at all. And he's thinking to himself, for a fleeting moment, I thought I sensed, nay, tis most unlikely. And uh, we get a shot of Tareen looking very smug and uh, she's thinking to herself, limitless power, don't leave home without it. And the door closes, and we're back in the examination room, and it's uh, Jane and and Thor. And uh, Jane is like, what was that all about? An illusion, asked by Irene. You know, I don't understand her hours. In any case, you're out of my league. I think you should stay within your regular HMO system of doctors. I should owe Asgard. Um, what else of art? So uh, Thor gets up and he starts uh, whipping his hammer around as obviously they're going back to Asgard and Jane is holding on to him uh, from behind and she says, oh, this always makes my stomach turn inside out and says in the blink of an eye, a powerful vortex whisks them far away and we should have seen that we are in Norway. Remember, uh, we have this uh, big fiery disaster going on in Norway and we're at a uh, like a shipyard, as I think we, we left off last time. A lot of uh, like longshoremen running around. We've got a warehouse. Looks like it's on fire. Um, the docks look like they're on fire. There's a big ship in the background that doesn't look like it's on fire. But yeah, you never know. And uh, everyone's running away. And we get a full page uh, here of Cert. And Cert is smashing through the ship and uh, smashing through the docks, and he is on fire, and he's saying, uh, Flee thee all, mortals. Cower before the might, the power, and glory that is certain. Soon shall come to thine ascension to a higher state of being, when thou dost surrender to my flame. Yeah, everything is being wrecked, and this continues on the next page. I have been called, and so I have come, to come to bathe this world in cleansing fire. Go to them, my minions. And uh, it looks like uh, the uh, fiery demons are coming, like pouring out of Searcher's body, it looks like, flying down to the, the docks. And we see that one of them is that, that sea captain that was on fire last time. Remember um, this, uh, this fishing boat captain? He's got that medallion thing around his neck. Gaze upon them with my fiery vision and make them mine. And we see the you know, they're looking at the longshoremen, and it's like like they have heat vision or something, and it's like like these beams coming out of their eyes, and they're catching these guys on fire. Demons of flame, agents of the inferno, and yeah, so things are not going well here in Norway. We then shift scenes, and we are in the realm eternal, Asgard. Odin is sitting on his throne at the top of a bunch of stairs. Balder is standing there next to him. There's a giant crystal ball sort of thing. I'm assuming that's Odin's uh, voyeuroscope. Um, and um, Odin is saying, "'Twould seem all is well once more, Balder. Asgard hath been rebuilt, as is befitting its glory." Gosh, that was quick. It's only been, what, two hours or something? Anyway. "'Aye, my lord. And the destroyer hath been safely locked away, never to threaten us again.'" Yep. 
<laughs> and Odin says, When I give pause to think of the damage my creation hath caused, I am oft-times tempted to eradicate it. Will that be wise, sire? says Baldur. Tis a weapon we'll need one day. Indeed. Alas, we must protect it from being misused, as Carnilla and cunning Loki did by imprisoning the essence of Tarine within. And a uh, voice comes from uh, beyond um, uh, the, the panel. Please, we need your help. And Odin says, Who presumes to interrupt the reflections of Odin? And we have Thor and Jane Foster appearing in Odin's throne room. And they're just kind of glowing and appearing in the middle of the, uh, the throne room. Your son, that's who, says Jane. I suggest you summon your royal doctors, because Thor needs help. Verily, the god of thunder should have joined me when I returned from Midgard. None of us realized how bad he was at the time. Maybe it was your power that changed him from Jake to Thor when he was fighting the Destroyer. I think his injuries are momentarily covered up. Then the prince of Asgard must suffer no more. Healers! And he holds his uh, staff up and he, uh, it's glowing. He's summoning to uh, the healers. Get thee to the throne room. And we get a couple of uh, healers uh, hurrying in. One is a uh, warrior woman, and this is Syrah, who I mistook for Sif because she looks exactly like Sif pretty much. <laughs> anyway, she's a, a, a dark-haired woman in, in battle armor, and she's got a sword and stuff. Anyone would be forgiven for confusing her with Sif. But anyway, uh, Syrah's like, My lord, art thou ill? And the old woman says, Syrah and I stand ready to serve. For no harm, not even the slightest illness, must befall the light and liege of all Asgard. I am one who need help, says Thor. Aye, e'en from here tis easy to see thine arm and jaw are fractured. Shall I prepare the cast's Nephethesk? Uh, that's the Nephethesk is the old woman, apparently. Not yet, Syrah. And Odin chimes in here. With proper treatment, Thor's injuries would heal in time. But we might hasten the curing if he'll agree to be immersed in the elixirs of renewal. Aye, so long as Odin uses his power to enchant the liquids, says Syrah. This renewal elixir, what exactly is it? asks Jane. A small chamber filled with healing potions, which takes a day or two to work its magic. Tis most effective, says Balder. Alas, the treatment is reserved only for those who are truly deserving for it requires the full measure of the Odin power. In many ways, tis not unlike the Odin's sleep. If Thor is willing, the power of Odin is forever his to utilize. What about Olsen, says Thor. Good point. Jake Olsen's boss is ready to fire him, and his mother is worried sick about him. If he disappears for a few days, it'll be a major problem, says Jane. And we get a very uh, Santa Clausy. A uh, shot here of um, of Odin uh, reacting to this, and he's like, uh, Mother, ho, 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 tis nice to see thee worry about the concern of at least one parent, unrelated though thou art. Ho, 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 Merry Christmas. Alas, thy suffering is partly upon my shoulders, for I was slow in coming to thine aid, my son, says Odin. Thus must Odin ease thy mind. As the form of mortal man doth exist deep within thy soul, let now that form manifest itself at thy side, independent of thee, by the command and power of Odin, 
And there's a, a big glow happening, sort of pseudo Kirby crackle kind of thing going on. And we see Odin uh, is separating Thor and Jake Olsen from each other. Uh, very interesting here. Balder is looking very surprised by all this and uh, saying, Once more, hath not the omnipotent solved a dilemma? Incredible. This could solve everything, says Jane. And we have a full page of here of uh, Thor and Jake, and they are separated. And uh, Odin is standing there, not looking like Santa anymore. Uh, and, of course, we have the healers, Balder, Jane, and everyone um, looking very surprised. Indeed, says Odin. While the god of thunder heals here in the realm eternal, his mortal self may return to Midgard. Be warned, they are two now. Olsen is without power, incapable of becoming Thor should the need arise. Nor can Thor become Olsen. He has all Jake memories and skills. No one will suspect he's not real. Ah, he's quite real. In every sense, he is the true Jake Olsen. So you're covered until you're healed, says Jane. And Thor says, Aye, at which point they may be reunited. To Midgard, Jane Foster, let my son's earth and affairs suffer no more. And he waves his hand, and there's a, uh, it's not an Ajax white tornado, because it's yellow. Uh, so Ajax is piss tornado? <laughs> Ajax is golden shower. Um, yeah, whips around them and uh, sends the, the two of them back to earth, and um, they're back in the hospital. And Jane is like, Jake, are you okay? Can you talk? Yes, says Jake, but I must admit that I feel weird, like I should be somewhere else. I'm sure it will take some time getting used to, at least you'll be able to smooth things over with your boss. And the two of them go walking out of the office, and they, of course the people are still hanging around in the waiting room. And uh, the, Jake's mom stands up and she's like, Why, Jake, you're the very picture of health. And Orion is there and he says, yeah, I hear I heard you were in tough shape. My wife, the miracle worker, says Kincaid. How curious. Think, Jane, think, thinks Jane. Thor's magic hammer helped him somehow. Jake was around when he and Sif fought that destroyer monster. Well, I'm glad you're healthy, son. But about this Tyreen girl. She's Cousin Eddie's girl, Mom. You haven't seen her since she was a baby. Cousin Eddie? And so people are acting really suspicious about this. And um, Kincaid is going, hmm. And Hannah's thinking to herself, I'm glad he's all right, but... And Amanda's thinking, definitely weird. And uh, Orion's thinking to himself, there's more to you than meets the eye, Olsen. And uh, Christine is thinking to herself, there's more to you than meets the eye, Dr. Kincaid. And we shift scenes back to Asgard. We get a full page here of some sort of workshop. And we have uh, one of the healers here. I'm not sure that it's the old woman healer because it looks like this one has a beard. But anyway, uh, we see Syra and Balder is there also. And this sort of Viking looking um, decoration kind of up, up above the door. And... The rest of it looks kind of like your typical mad scientist laboratory. There's a big cauldron dripping green goop. Uh, there's a big giant hook, like a like the um, big giant hook that would hold the uh, the, the cauldron of, of molten steel in the steel mill. Balder comes in and the healer is saying, Drink, Thunder God. 
This preparatory potion shall render thee unconscious, almost in a state of suspension, with no need to breathe while thou art immersed in the enchanted elixir. When thy time comes to awaken, thine injuries shall be gone. And uh, it looks like Thor is completely naked here. Um, yeah, he's not, it looks like he's not wearing any clothes at all. And he's like, wait, order. Erful or Antris, I order the Enchantress. I'll be ever vigilant, my friend, says Balder. I swear shall harm no one in thine absence. Enough talk, my prince. For this to work, the timing must be perfect. And um, so Thor is like in this big hot tub. It looks like a hot tub kind of thing. Uh, just big enough that we can't see his uh, naughty bits. And there's like a, a, a lid. Like, um, it's like a pressure cooker or, or a rice cooker or something of that that nature. And they're guiding it down using the sort of ropes or something down uh, to encase Thor in the sort of pressure cooker kind of thing. And uh, so the uh, order comes, Lower the cover. The Odin son must be totally enveloped by the healing waters if he is to emerge healthy and whole. Secure the chamber. The process is not to be disturbed. And, oh, I guess it is the old woman. Okay, I, I maybe this I didn't see that the beard was, yeah, I guess she doesn't have a beard after all. Anyway, um, yeah, a little bit of uh, confusion there with the art. And Balder is saying, uh, such precision is truly necessary, Nephethisk. Aye, for the effects of the elixirs upon the body are great, and quite dangerous if applied incorrectly. And all of a sudden, Fandral comes uh, running into the room, and he says, Balder! I bid thee hasten to the throne room. Thou art most urgently needed. Fandral, by the bristling beard of Odin, what troubles thee? Rarely hast thou worn such an expression of concern. Thou shalt see soon enough. And they uh, hurry off to the throne room, and the warriors three are, are back together uh, with Balder. And we have uh, Hogan and Volstagg and Fandral, and they're looking through the giant voyeuroscope ball uh, at... Surtur, who is destroying parts of Norway. And uh, Odin is saying here, because oh, Odin is here as well. Surtur, the fire demon who once tore out Midgard's center and thus created its moon, is loose. Tis terror beyond comprehension. Rally thine army, Hogan, says Volstagg. Attack with wave upon wave of warriors. And if Surtur should still stand, voluminous Volstagg shall reinforce thee and deliver victory. I urge caution, mountainous one. If we fall beneath Surtur's wrath, so wouldst thee. Surtur loosed upon Midgard, says Balder. No wonder thy voice was so dire. Oi, and he hath hated me always for imprisoning him eons ago, says Odin. As Surtur wages war with his own army of fire demons, thus must we dispatch Asgard's defenders. Aye, Midgard's are surely not up to the task, says Balder. Issue the command, and we'll strike in thy name, Majesty. Curb thy bravado. Tis no mere battle we face, but a war with all the attendant costs, horrors beyond description. Remember, too, thou shalt be without Asgard's mightiest champion, Thor. And we'll fight all the harder in his name, says Hogan. Even without Thor we'll prevail, says Fandral. With each thrust of the sword, with each drop of spilled blood, We'll know the power of Odin stands ever behind us. Indeed, says Odin. Prepare thyselves for battle, as I dispatch thee and the armies of the realm to Midgard. Know us too that with Thor unable to join thee, 
others shall be summoned to battle in his stead. So decrees the Omnipotent, so decrees Odin. And he waves his scepter around, you've got some Kirby Crackle coming off, it's a proper Kirby Crackle this time. And there's a huge glow, we have a full page spread here. The armies of Asgard are appearing on Earth in Norway, uh, from the looks of it. And they have the fire demons kind of flying towards them. We have uh, you know, a bunch of soldiers, and we have the Warriors Three, and Hogan, and Vandral, and Volstagg, and, and Balder, of course, is there as well. To arms, warriors, says Fandral. Let sound the cries of battle. Tis time for war hath come. And we uh, cut back to Odin, and he's saying, Now, while still I am able... The other summoned from locations far and wide. And we have other uh, warriors appearing, a giant glow, and we have, you know, of course, a lot of people fighting the fire demons. And one of the uh, voices says, By the bolts of Zeus! Who? And we have three people in this, uh, in this explosion. We have Hercules, from the sound of it, of course. Yeah, it looks like Hercules. Beta Ray Bill. And Curse, of all people. Uh, curse with his very spiky-faced armor. Oh, tis plain to see. As guardian forces, most likely Odin himself summoned us, says Hercules. Without a doubt, Hercules, says Beta Ray. His army could clearly use a hand. Since when is Curse appointed defender of Midgard, says Curse. Since Odin decreed it so, says Hercules. Now fight! And a big battle starts. And uh, Balder saying, Surtur's forces are too strong, too many in number. Tis reinforcements we need, Odin, immediately. And we shift to Odin in his uh, palace, and he's kind of leaning on a table as though he's a bit weakened. And he's saying, uh, kind of haltingly, If only twas possible, bravest Balder, but the Odin force used to give life to Thor's mortal self to empower the elixirs of renewal and dispatch entire armies to Midgard hath extended my energies too far. Alas, for now, I am unable to help. And he's looking very feeble here, leaning up against the table. And we have a next issue blurb. Next issue, a warrior falls. And that is Thor Volume 2, number 39, and we will be talking all about this issue right after this message. Welcome to the world of tomorrow! <laughs> the Legion of Superheroes through the Silver Age, the Bronze Age, the Baxter series, five years later, the reboot, the three-boot, the retro-boot, the animated series, we have banded together as the Legion of Super Bloggers to cover it all. Seek us out at legionofsuperbloggers.blogspot.com. Why do you always have to say it that way? Haven't you ever heard of a little thing called showmanship? And we are back, and of course we have a few things to say about the issue, as we always do. Uh, first of all, transitionary issue. I think it's pretty obvious. We've got the, the A story from the last few issues kind of wrapping up here. And we are sticking with this B story for this issue and next issue. And I think that's what we're going to cover in this chunk. And then we're going to move on to covering something else. But anyway, we have this, uh, you know, the B story, of course, Surtur's attack on Norway going on. And of course, the armies of Asgard, blah, blah, blah. 
uh, and the weakened Odin who's trying to heal Thor. Lots going on here. So kind of excited stuff going on. It's a pretty cut and dried sort of piece of storytelling. Nothing spectacular about it. Nothing bad about it either. Uh, just basically Dan Jurgens doing what Dan Jurgens does best. A nice nuts and bolts story holds together pretty well. Uh, so we have uh, in the uh, artwork department, beautiful artwork here by Stuart Eminen. Love the way that Eminen does uh, faces. This is something I've talked about before. We've got really nice facial expressions throughout. There is a nice consistency of the way the characters look for the most part. I think that uh, Odin is probably the one who is the least consistent. And Jake Olson has a problem with his hair becoming longer and shorter between panels. It's uh, it, it's kind of strange that, that Olson is kind of, I don't know, I, th I think that Eminem hasn't really decided what his model should be. And so it, he doesn't look the same from panel to panel. He does a very consistent Jane Foster, though, and I think most of the other characters he's, he's really good with. Um, again, Odin, not so much. He has a couple of panels where he looks pretty Santa Claus-ish, which, he, as everybody knows, is something I like to make fun of. But, you know, hey, that, I mean, that's fun that I can make fun of it. But Odin should never, ever look like Santa Claus. That, that's sort of a pet peeve of mine and... We haven't seen it for a while, mostly because I think most artists are really, really careful not to let that happen. I can't, I can't speak for all of the artists. I can remember some uh, Keith Pollard art uh, at one point back during the uh, 1970s, early 80s that uh, that Odin looked very Santa Clausish. But uh, here we have him, um, you know, mostly looking like Odin. It's hard when Odin has never really had a model that has been consistent throughout the decades. And here we have a more realistic Odin that, I, I, I don't know, it, to me it doesn't look like Odin. It looks like somebody else. But hey, I mean, I, I love Stuart Eminem's art. I like the way that he uses shadow. I like the way that he uses light. Like I said, um, in, generally, in general, I think the art is really, really good, even if some of the characters aren't quite on model. I don't know what the hell is going on with this Syrah because this is the first time I've really encountered her is just in the storyline. Um, but yeah, it, it's easy to get her mixed up with Sif, like I said before, because she looks so much like Sif. Like the way that uh, Eminem draws the, the fire demons, they, they actually kind of remind me of the Human Torch, but they aren't. I mean, they, they are very kind of distinctive from the, the way that uh, the Human Torch would look. Though, you know, flying fire guys, I mean, they're going to kind of look like the Human Torch regardless. Uh, Cert, of course, big threat. Uh, that's going to have some repercussions coming up in the next couple of issues. And uh, he's smashing up the docks here. It looks uh, like, like things are uh, in deep doo-doo here in, uh, in Norway. Uh, the way that uh, Eminem draws Jake's mom, of course, I, I've, I've been complaining. Jake's mom is very inconsistent with the way she's been portrayed. Sometimes she's been portrayed as kind of old and feeble. Um, here she's been de-aged as much as Amanda has been aged. <laughs> I mean, you, you kind of get the sense that Jake is, you know, well, late 20s, early 30s, kind of kind of that age. And here, Jake's mom looks like she couldn't be older than 40. And she's got this white hair, which, you know, of course, 
if they covered their hair, colored her hair red or something, she'd be, she, I mean, she looked like the same age as Tareen or, or the same age as Amanda. And so, yeah, again, inconsistency. But Tareen herself, though, looks pretty good. And, you know, again, she looks older than she's supposed to be, but at least the way she's being portrayed here by Eminem, she doesn't look like a, a, a playboy model. I mean, she looks like a normal woman, uh, you know, normal, beautiful woman, but she doesn't have these huge boobs or anything like that that we've seen with, with other artists. So she's she's not over-sexualized and looks more like a, a normal 16, 17-year-old girl should look. And that's I think that's what how Tareen should look. But the problem, of course, is that you have Amanda here who looks older than she does. And that's I don't think that's that's what Amanda is supposed to look like. Because I get the sense that Amanda is supposed to be like 13 or 14. And here she looks like 25. So Keith Kincaid. I, I know the idea of Keith Kincaid, I think if you go back and you look at uh, the past history, uh, Kincaid was supposed to strongly resemble Don Blake. And here they're, they're kind of keeping to that. I mean, he doesn't look exactly like Don Blake, but I think that Eminem does a nice job of, of making him distinctive. You know, not that we've seen a lot of Kincaid in the, in the issues that we've covered, but yeah, I, I think that he does a great job with that. Hannah Fairmount looks pretty good. Uh, Christine is is surprisingly good, and and Orion uh, he looks exactly like he did in, in the prior issues where we've seen him. So lots of consistency there. Once again, big fan of Stuart Eminem's work. So um, yeah, I don't have a lot bad to say about the art. Yeah, and that's about all I have to say. I think it's time to wrap up the show for this week. Once again, folks, thanks so much for listening. We really, really do appreciate it. And of course, uh, if you want to email the show, you can do so. The email address is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. You can also find us over on Facebook. Just look for Radio Free Asgard over there, and you will find us. With that, I am back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard, and we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. Radio Free Asgard is copyright Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The characters, stories, and situations presented on this program are copyright their respective copyright holders and are presented for entertainment, review, and educational purposes only. No ownership is implied. We make no money from this podcast and the contents are believed to be covered under fair use. If you like what you've heard on today's program, we'd appreciate it if you leave us an iTunes review Send us an email with your feedback, tell your friends, if you have any, or annoy your coworkers with our incoherent ramblings and silly voices. Thanks once again for listening to Radio Free Asgard. <laughs>